David X, how are you? Oh, I'm doing doing well, doing well. So I, I finished uh, reading Dune, the first book. Uh, so oh. that was that was awesome. Um, yeah, I need to get some uh, Gomja bars. Um, but uh, <laughs> Gomja bars are powerful sales tools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, need to get some of them. But um, and then so it's like, all right, I finished it. Now it's not on HBO Max anymore, uh, and so I got to wait for it to come back around. But so is the movie? Does it cover? just the first book or part of the first book or like if i watch the movie is it going to spoil me for the other books uh no the movie stops oh i don't know halfway through the first book okay yeah and they've just signed yeah. up to they just signed up to do a second movie to complete the book i think yeah i heard about that where it's like the director or something wanted to do both at the same time because it would save money on sets and everything but uh the studio decided not to do it um mm-hmm thinking that, eh, this isn't going to take off. And then, boy, um, I guess they were wrong. So, yes. yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very excited about the, uh, very excited about the second part. Uh, yeah. That's coming up. But fun book, right? It's a good yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. It, it, uh, it, it wasn't, it wasn't fast moving by any stretch of the imagination. You know, it, no. it was just excruciating detail. Um, and the thing I liked about it too, is that a lot of times you'll read a book that gets into the head of like the protagonist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, it gets in the head of everybody, like all the characters. Uh, so you, you could, you know, um, get into the mind of what, what they're saying and stuff. And man, you, you really do need a glossary for all the terminology that they're using too. They really, like, I can only imagine, like you, there's no way they could have sat down and, um, you know, was it Frank Herbert or whoever? Just mm-hmm. like, yeah, typewriter just start grinding it out. It's like I can imagine he had to have like a crazy wall and all all the pieces and all the the uh, you know mythology and everything all figured out before he even started writing the first page. Yeah, that's right. And as a matter of fact, that's exactly what he did. And I don't know if we talked about this on the show before, but uh, his family or his son, I suppose. Yeah. published something called the dune encyclopedia right. which is a compilation of his notes uh yeah. and yeah uh and that's fun to read all by itself now that you've now that you've learned about the uh the bene Gesserit sisterhood uh mm-hmm. you can read 30 pages of background on the history of the bene, bene Gesserit sisterhood yeah um, no and yeah. it's it's amazing it's like they had to build this entire universe before creating a story about the universe yeah that's right that's right yeah. Yeah. It's it's an achievement for sure. So yeah. good. I'm glad you I'm glad you finished it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, it's delightful. So what's what was your, you? Oh, oh go ahead. Uh, I was going to 321. What was your favorite part of the book, do you think? Hmm. Um jeez. I uh, to me it just like there were just the uh the political aspects of it. And and uh, very Game of Thronesy in that respect, mm-hmm. uh, you know where, um, and you know the subterfuge and the alliances that you know it's like that uh, they aren't necessarily strong and loyal, mm-hmm. right? And and it's like oh well if it's profitable they could go with somebody else. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. yeah. I did like the 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 strange economics of chome and the spacing guild and the role of the lance rad 
it's a the whole mm -hmm. it, yeah it's it's a yeah. good time it's a good time yeah and and the the religion behind it or religions plural and how mm -hmm. it sort of like took the current religions that we have and sort of like morphed them and and you know went in different directions and you know like how how does that change over like eight thousand years from today and what is that like yeah yeah that's right that's right yeah the zen sunni wanderers and stuff like that yeah mm -hmm. it's it's a good time it's a good time yep yeah so what's what's new with you uh well okay so i got i got two so first uh we we myself soren whole crew of us went out to go see a thing called luminations here in austin texas so the okay. uh the ladybird johnson wildflower center mm -hmm. uh is kind of an outdoor well it's a wildflower center and mm -hmm. about this time every year they invite artists to come in and install uh light sculptures in mm -hmm. the, the art so um and every year it's uh it's always just an absolute delight a total surprise and man it was nice to get outside and be around other people and uh, enjoy all these like very inventive light shows. Um, the weather was mild. Uh, there were tamales and hot dogs mm -hmm. available in food trucks. Uh, it was a uh, yeah, it was just a good time. It felt it was nice to feel normal there for uh, for a night. That was real cool. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's that's yeah. really great. And does it like year over year? Do they try to top each other, or is it sort of like the same amount of coolness every year without? you know, it's like new innovations yeah. and things like that. It's a, it's a, it's a rotating amount of coolness, but every year they always, uh, there's always, I, I suppose, some advancement in, uh, in the kinds of LEDs that are available, the kinds of controllers that are available. Um, there was one installation that was, uh, uh, an LED rope that was, uh, kind of veined this one Oak tree, and mm -hmm. like pulses of different colored light would travel through the whole tree as if you could almost imagine it being like it's being drawn up like water and sent out to the leaves stuff like that that was real cool um several variations on it raining inside a tree but raining light so you know mm -hmm. light falling down from the inside just real cool it was really fun nice. um the, yeah the big hit was the uh a uh, a half moon hammock if you can imagine this mm -hmm. Uh, that is lit from the inside in different soothing colors and mm -hmm. it's a whole field of them uh, and so all of these internally lit hammocks uh, swaying uh, on a chain in the middle of a field and each one has a speaker of this like very relaxing uh, kind of hypnosis music um, and uh, man I lost Soren for several minutes in that thing he just yeah. he got in that hammock and just chilled out for, uh, wow. for quite a while so yeah it was this one so yeah room, room decoration ideas exactly yes just so yeah. um so, so the other oh huh? well did you get a did you get a receipt for your uh the tickets you bought to get in there i didn't it said the funniest thing you know yeah. uh so dave if i said it there's some numbers that uh, if you're a certain kind of a geek you will you will never forget i wonder if you remember what the number nine thousand one hundred signifies I don't. It's slipping my mind, but it's been a long day. It's so nine thousand one hundred. That's a that's a print report. That is. Oh a, right, uh, yeah, yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. So that's a TCP port for a printer. Mm -hmm. And uh, fun fact about all these newfangled uh, smart receipt. 
printers, you know, with the wireless connections and the chip readers and all this other stuff. Well, those are all printers mm -hmm. and they all have port 9,100 open Jeez. and someone figured this out and has begun sending, uh, throughout the internet, uh, pro unionization messages in the, into these receipt printers. So, mm -hmm. uh, you could be working at your local diner. Uh, you go and pull the chef goes to pull a ticket, uh, except there's no ticket coming out of the receipt printer. What's coming out is a screed against capitalism, uh, and the bosses, yeah. um, which I think is fantastic. It's like straight out of a William Gibson novel. It's a, it's a good yeah. time. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. And the other, I can imagine too, you could also have fun with it where you could, uh, do like joke receipts, you know, yeah. but like the receipt amount is like hilariously big or something or, or small, <laughs> or, right. you know, it's like you, the person ordered, uh, you know, something funny, you know? Yeah, exactly. All, all I, kind of fun. I think, you know, some people were upset that these people were uh, interfering with the proper functioning of the, of the restaurant or whatever by, uh, by hijacking the receipt printer. But I think that they did them a favor uh, with these pro unionization messages instead of ordering, for example, 10,000 pancakes, right. Which right. they could have done just yeah. as easily. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So, um, we got a, we got an awesome show lined up today. Uh, so see if you notice a pattern, we're going to be talking about fake faces. Mm -hmm. We're going to be talking about fake fingers Oh yes. and yep. And uh fake code. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, where should we send people uh, if, if they need to uh, get uh, um, uh, get their own uh, fake receipt printers and, and stuff like that? Sure. They can go to dgshow.org. That's D as in Dave, G as in Gunner, show.org. Or on Twitter, uh, you'll find us at dgshow.org. That's dgshow.org. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah, our, our uh, Twitter followership is soaring too. It's like uh, if you measure it as a percentage of growth, uh, so it's, it's like great. <laughs> we're, we're we're doing some we're doing some growth hacking on that yeah. on that number. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, <laughs> without hiring any bots. Um, but yeah, uh, and then cutting room floor. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but there's uh, uh, Twisted Sisters. Uh, we're not going to take it. Was mashed up with uh, Mariah Carey's uh, "All I Want for Christmas Is You." So Perfect. you know getting a holiday spirit, right? Um, and then, you know, the other thing too, it's like a lot of times this is the time of year for people to buy Chia pets. Um, wouldn't it be great if you had like a Chia wig? So um, you can do that and, and we got a link for you. Um, I, I disturbed you with uh, some long eggs. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. Um, so imagine an egg, like a hard boiled egg that is like 12 inches long. So it's about the, the same diameter, but let's say you want to do like um, you know, like uh, put eggs, slice eggs in a restaurant in a, um, you know, and, and put it on a salad or something. Uh, it's a really easy way to do that. But uh, I can imagine you could like really disturb people by just like grabbing one of these like foot long <laughs> eggs and like sit in the airport and just like just chow down on it or put it in a, a hot dog bun or something. It's like it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Long and, eggs. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, uh, New Yorker for all the New Yorker fans out there. So your choice, you could get uh, the Neural Yorker, which is a neural net that will generate New Yorker cartoons for you, which are disturbing. And then on the uh, PG 13 plus side, there's um, uh, 
there's a Tumblr blog that you could check out where I guess the New Yorker magazine will, in their magazine, they will put a, a drawing in there and then they will have a contest to see who comes up with the most clever um, caption for it. And um, these people um, are intentionally trying to come up with like, um, uh, the, the way they say it uh, is the most wrong-headed, vulgar, and hilarious, inappropriate caption possible. And so, um, yeah, so if, if you're not sensitive to uh, uh, wrong-headed vulgarity, uh, this website could be of interest to you. So, yeah. That's great. That's great. Got that lined up. Uh, hours of fun there. But um, you remember the Ransom Your Employer uh, guy that that we talked about that you know it's like hey how would you like to uh install ransomware at your company and we'll give you a cut of the proceeds yes of course i remember this guy yeah yeah so this guy got arrested and <laughs> shocker <laughs> yeah and believe it or not he's from nigeria and um yeah so he it, it was like he was basically using it as a way to fund his startup that that he was working on um uh called uh sociogram mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, and and so um, the 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 author of the article reached out to him uh, over LinkedIn, uh, believe it or not, and um, the guy replied and said, "Hey, please don't harm Sociogram's reputation. I beg you, as a promising young man." And um, <laughs> he said that for almost a week. So basically, um, like he put that the ad I don't know on the dark web or wherever he put it. Um, the ransom your employer scheme. He put it out there, but nobody took him up on the offer. But once people started reporting on it, uh, he said that he was getting uh, thousands of inquiries uh, for uh, from people interested in his idea. And uh, the other interesting thing that the article goes into is it uh, like that it has the um, the second highest unemployment rate in the world. Where 2019 it was 27.1%, 2020 it was 33%, and um, and it's also the nation is the, among the world's most corrupt, um, according to the 2020 findings from Transparency International. And you know the thought is, well, hey, we got a lot of smart people in Nigeria. What if we harness that for uh, good things that weren't uh, you know corrupt or illegal and and things like that? But um, but yeah, but people end up resorting to things like this or the, you know, the Lonely Hearts, uh, you know, uh, spam emails and, and things like that. But, um, but yeah, what, what do you think about this uh, this arrest and the scheme? I just like, well, I think as we discussed before, I'd, I'm not sure who he thought was going to say yes to this. I do like the idea that once people read about it in the paper, they were like, tremendous idea. Like, I am extremely I'm interested yeah. in harming my employer. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to quit anyways. Might as well get a nice severance, you know. Um, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, we've been talking about deep fakes for a while. And mm -hmm. uh, there's a really cool open source project people could check out. It's called Deep Face Live, where, like, you know how you have, like, the, was it Snapcam as a virtual camera that can generate filters that would, um, uh, you know, have you look like a potato or something. Um, with this one, you could actually have the face of Elon Musk or Arnold Schwarzenegger or Jim Carrey or yourself if you want. And so the, and, and then you could do it real time too. So like inside of like a zoom call, 
um, you know, there were examples of, uh, you know, this guy like like talking to somebody uh, as uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and just to see if how far they could go having this video call with this person. And the thing was, is it was like the, I don't know, the 30 year old version of Arnold Schwarzenegger. So they weren't really fooling anybody. And also the, the voice didn't match up with, you know, he didn't sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger at all, but, um, but it was just amazing from a video uh, standpoint. If, you know, there's plenty of examples if you check out the, uh, um, the GitHub page for it. Is it, what surprised me is how quickly this is becoming a democratized technology, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems like it seems like just like six months ago we were talking about this as like an NVIDIA like keynote demonstration, right? Yeah, right, right. And it was, right? Where mm-hmm. uh it was a keynote uh with NVIDIA and it was much more, you know, production quality, but um like I can imagine too, like I've seen uh like Microsoft Teams is uh you know, they were talking about, you know, embracing the metaverse inside of uh, you know, Microsoft Teams. So imagine, you know, you have the Brady Bunch view of a meeting and you could have a 3D avatar of yourself instead of yourself in the video, um, which is for, you know, good for a lot of people that it's like, especially, you know, I hear that, you know, it's like for women, it's a lot for them to get themselves together and they're self-conscious being on camera if they're not perfect. And so, um, or for people who are just burned out and they just don't want to be on camera, it would actually use the camera to uh, recognize your facial expressions and have it mimic it on a 3D avatar. Um, or you could not use your camera at all and it will um, it, it'll come up with gestures that, that match basically the audio track. But I can imagine in this case with this deep fake stuff, you could do a, uh, a deep fake of yourself with you know a nice haircut or a goatee or or whatever or you know when you're all made up or you know looking good, and then you could be dressed, you know like like not put together at all for those early morning or late night video calls, but but you're looking great on camera and it's you, right? Right. Or it could be someone else being you, and they could fill in for you, like so you could outsource your likeness, right, uh, to mm-hmm. be on a video call. I like this idea. In fact, you could outsource it. Yeah, you could outsource it to basically anyone and they would present as the most perfect version of you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, he's like, he's looking good, but he has an accent. Um, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Great. so that that's pretty amazing. Yeah. But that. um, with biometrics, uh, yes. you know, we've talked about biometrics a lot of, you know, uh, fake fingerprints and things like that. But I found this thing to be amazing. There's there's a one minute video you could check out where um, th- these uh, security folks, they figured out how to, um, I believe it was with, uh, an, um, with, with a Mac laptop. Um, they were able to trick, you know, high-end sensors uh, with the biometrics, with a, with a fingerprint reader. And so, and, or it was either the Mac or the iPhone. But but what they did was that all they did was they took a photograph of a fingerprint. So imagine like a fingerprint on a glass or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, then they printed it on acetate. So like if you remember like the overhead projector, um, you know, sure. clear yeah. eight and a half by 11 things, you print it on that. Um, and then uh, you put uh, wood glue 
on top of the 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 print and then you peel it off um uh and now you have like this wood glue like rubbery sort of thing that you could use as a fingerprint and it, it was like you know less than five dollars worth of equipment and uh it actually works really really well wow that's cool yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I can imagine, you know, again, it's like when when uh, Soren's doing uh, science fairs and stuff. This could be a great uh, instead of the uh, classic uh, um, volcano of the baking soda and vinegar. This this could be a a good one, right? Yeah, and as a and as a bonus, he could uh, authorize his own app store transactions. Right. Yeah. Uh, on your behalf. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, do you do biometrics at all? I do, and you want to know why? Is because uh, entering the same password uh, sixteen times an hour brings no joy to my life. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. Is the alternative, and it's, unfortunately. Right. Or, or it's like uh, once the screen goes off, well, maybe you could set a delay to not lock it, and but still, it's like I, I was doing that, and then the phone was like unlocking and like pocket dialing people, and I, I had to turn it yeah. off. Yeah. Um, because yeah. it's like the um, like it would, for whatever reason, like the, the, I have a, is a pixel 4a and it will, um, you know, instead of using like the touch capacitive stuff, it, it was, it's like super sensitive. So like I could have it in my pocket and it would unlock by itself, mm -hmm. um, where you would think it would need to be touching, like have some conductivity, uh, with skin. Right. Um, but, uh, wasn't happening. Yeah. But Yeah. Yeah, it took me uh, it took me uh, several uh, runs to figure out that the uh, the reason why I kept calling nine one one is because my phone was being unlocked by uh, Apple has the thing where if you're wearing your watch if your watch is paired with your phone and you've unlocked mm -hmm. your watch then your watch can unlock your phone if you see what mm -hmm. I mean okay. uh, and so I'm sitting here with this with this watch and you can set it up so that um, it unlocks your phone with your watch. So if you're wearing a mask, for example, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you can, it's a nice shortcut. Sure, right? I've already authenticated to my watch. So if my watch, if my phone trusts my watch, uh, seems straightforward. Unless mm -hmm. your phone is jostling around in your pocket, uh, is asking for authentication, gets it from the watch, and then unlocks itself and opens you up to a whole horror show of accidental behavior. Um, mm -hmm. So I had to turn that off. But uh yeah. Yeah. Still, well, still even, even with that, yeah. better than typing in a password over and over and yeah. over again. Yeah, but it, it could it even like dial like the emergency number without having to unlock your phone. Yes, it can do that too. Yeah, if you hit the power button five times, it'll automatically dial nine one one. Oh, okay. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, um, so how did you find out that this was happening? It's like the the police came to your door and and were knocking, and it's like, will you, will you please knock it off? Or or well, fortunately, I run with the with the uh, with the AirPods in my ears, and so as okay. I'm running, suddenly I hear a phone dialing, and I'm like, oh no! And I quick hang up on my watch <laughs> before the yeah. operator grabs it. Yeah, exactly. Not yeah, and that's the the thing with the biometrics too is um, you know the article brings a good point too that. You know, it's not that biometrics are all that bad, but we're leaving like our fingerprints all over the place, unlike mm -hmm. like a retina scan, you know, yeah. a retina print. Right. Um, so, yeah, we have know, to, they, yeah, 
if we're if we're going to use uh, face ID and fingerprints, we need to submit. We need to uh, get comfortable with like a Gattaca level of operational security, right? Like, right, not, not leaving yeah. hair samples behind. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it's a trade off, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. So um, got some red meat for Dr. David A. Wheeler. Oh yeah. Oh, I yeah. love this one. I'm excited about this one. It's good. Yeah. And so have you heard about this uh, Trojan source bug? I have. I have. And so I guess in order to understand it, you have to you have to first understand what Unicode is for, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. so uh, so Unicode is a is a way of uh, capturing uh, the written language in numbers, basically, is what it comes down mm-hmm. to. And uh, there's all kinds of written languages, uh, and they require kind of interesting ligatures and superpositions of kind of the elemental characters or strokes of a language think of chinese or arabic and so in unicode there's this ability to go bi-directionally right because not all Mm -hmm. languages right to left some of it's left to right and so in unicode you can say oh i'm actually writing left to right here um Mm -hmm. which has uh which is fine and has been fine for some time until someone figured out that you could use this feature of the unicode encoding in source code yep yep so what's wrong with that well what it means is that you can now uh have source code presented on your screen that appears completely conventional uh, but what underneath is happening is that uh you are smuggling extra source code into the file that someone cannot see on screen right so i guess like an example would be like you know you're, you're typing in your code you're going left or right Mm-hmm. And then you add in this, um, was it uh, by die or whatever to to mm-hmm. say, hey, let's let's go right to left. And yep. then it the code is still there, but you're overwriting on the screen right to left. Um, what something you know, think of it like a, uh, you know, you're writing it backwards, right? And and uh, writing on top of the screen, so it looks normal on the screen, but it 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 actually has more than you bargained for inside the actual code. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. Yeah. And and the thing is, there are a lot of compilers and interpreters that um, they have no problem with this. Uh, they don't flag it. Uh, I guess they're starting to to like they've become aware of it and they're going to make you know there's a CD out there for it. Um, but then there's also the editors as well. And um, it was interesting in this article, they they pointed to some GitHub examples. And and uh, it's like oh let's let's see what it looks like. And what's cool is that GitHub actually caught uh, these and it put a warning in there, just like how you get the warning in Gmail saying hey this could be spam or this is dangerous or something. There's yeah. a, a warning when you look at the source code uh, inside of GitHub saying hey um, this contains bidirectional Unicode that may be interpreted or compiled differently than what appears below. To review, open the file in the editor that reveals the uh, hidden Unicode uh, characters. So you could pull it down, put it in your own, uh, you know, I guess, bi-directional editor, or you could just click a button to say, show the hidden characters, and it'll it'll like inflate it to show you um, how it writes backwards. And it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad they're ahead of the game, but there's another thing, and you know, we've talked about this before of uh, using homoglyphs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where you know, it's like you're using like the letter R and or H or whatever, but it's like not the 
English H, it's more of the Cyrillic H. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's a different character. And so there's an example that they had of a homoglyph uh, on GitHub and actually GitHub didn't catch it. And and so like, if you take a look at it, like he has um, uh, like basically a main function that, that calls a function called say hello. And uh, one function says, hello world. The other function that says say hello, it says goodbye world. And depending upon um, the the hieroglyph or the homoglyph you use uh, in the main function, it'll call a di- the one or the other um, procedure calls. Super tricky. Super yeah. tricky. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can imagine like you have um, like like somebody does a pull request and you know what do they do they eyeball the code they may run it and it's like yeah it behaves the way it's advertised and then they just accept the commit so what do you think from like an open source standpoint of uh you know scrutiny and things like that is this something that you know it's like we all you know people that work in enterprise uh i'm sorry in open source communities you know do we need to be you know have that be part of our, our supply chain, you know, measuring and validation. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about ways of getting around this and, uh, you know, in the same way that you run lint on your source code in order to format Mm -hmm. it in a more pleasant way, I feel like you should be able to run lint and then say, just eliminate all characters larger than, uh, 256, which is like the kind of the, just the most basic set of characters, right? Cause there's no reason that I'm aware of that you absolutely need, uh, you know, these fancy bidirectional characters and things in source code, right? Uh, uh, unless, you are, unless you're really committed to naming your functions with emoji, uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem strictly necessary. You know what I mean? What if, well, what if it was like, you know, uh, a, a good Russian that is like, they want to make their function calls uh, instead of forcing them to do English in the 256 characters, they yeah. want to make their function calls meaningful and use Cyrillic. I'm sympathetic. I'm sympathetic. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Maybe I'm being too harsh. But uh, I don't know. On the other hand, um, maybe this. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, it seems seems tricky. Is is my point? Is uh, it seems like this is just yet another reason why we need better automated tools for. Uh, for detecting uh, tricky stuff like this, yeah, we're just use proprietary software, and this uh, you wouldn't have these types of problems, right? Yes, you would not be aware of these problems at all. You're right, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, and even like you said, like with Lint, um, I don't think Lint would catch a that like that homoglyph example. No, right? no, that's right. No, it wouldn't because it's it, that is a legitimate like. You can call it, call the function whatever you want. Lint wouldn't care. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's correct. And you're not reversing anything or doing any, you know, there, it's not obvious that you're doing like that, um, the bidirectional stuff. Yeah. Um, that's right. Which you could easily search for, right? You can yeah. probably grep for that. Um, but then, but in this case, it's like, like if somebody does do like a code bomb of like thousands of lines of code, which nobody likes. Yeah. Um, in the open source world, uh, you know, it's probably really easy to slip something by. Yeah, agree, agree. You know, it's it, you know, like even that that say hello thing, you could have that function, you know, 
separated by hundreds or thousands of lines of code. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they would probably like, nobody would catch that. No, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. Which is probably why GitHub didn't catch it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to sleep well tonight. Yeah, no, this is all good. And, and I'm sure, uh, Dr. David A. Wheeler has a strong opinion about this, and, and he's going <laughs> to send us uh, uh, a strongly worded letter. I can't wait to read it. I can't wait to read it. Yeah. Yeah. So where should he send uh, all his correspondence? Yeah. Uh, Dr. David Wheeler, he can send uh, his thoughts on the uh, on the BD uh, homoglyphs attack uh, to uh, dgshow.org. Uh, that's D as in Dave, G as in Gunner, show.org. Excellent. And and or he could tweet us his his all his objections uh, two hundred eighty uh, characters at a time, including uh, some uh, um, Unicode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bonus points for including uh, bidirectional Unicode in in your in your toots. Uh, yeah. And you can send those to uh, dgshow.org, dgshow dot org. Excellent. All right, Gunnar. Well, this was super fun, and uh, I guess this we can count this as our our Christmas uh, edition, right? Uh, I suppose it is. Yeah, I suppose yeah. it is. Yeah. Well, Merry Christmas, Dave. Yeah, yeah, and, and happy holidays to everybody. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Yep.